and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Mignot, CEO of the experience agency, DeepFlash. Each week, I bring a different business leader who's doing some game-changing work and has a really unique story to tell. And this week's episode is no different. Uh, I am so excited to have Asia Pine, who's the president of LWD, a really incredible agency uh, that's here in the Northeast New York area. Uh, she has an amazing story as to how she got to be president of this agency. It is going to be such a delight for you all to hear. So take a listen. Hey, Asia, how are you? Hi, Laura. Um, I'm doing great. Actually, I, I I think that might be a lie. I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing as well as uh, anyone that is working from home, homeschooling, prepping, prepping meals, trying to be a good wife, mother, daughter. You know, <laughs> so, you mean living in a yeah. pandemic. Been been um, crazy. I literally cannot promise that I won't be interrupted by a child looking for help on their homework. So, and this is not a problem at all. This is the world we live in now. So as yeah. it is, exactly. nothing's changed. Uh, I mean, even though we are in the middle of a pandemic, the podcast hasn't changed, and the first question remains the same. So, Asia, what was your first job? Uh, I. Uh... I, I worked so many places before this job that I honestly can't remember which one of the jobs was my first first, um, but I worked these four jobs in college and uh, I went to school at night. And so I worked at this gymnastics center, um, working the front desk. I worked at a theater school as a runner. I've worked at a real estate company showing the model homes. Um, but my most favorite job and the one that I kept for the longest time through college was uh, working at a local store called the Perfume Shop. And the woman that owned the store there taught me so much. I mean, some really important life skills, like how to apply my makeup properly, um, how to... Key. Yes, very key. Um, how to purchase cosmetic inventory, how to balance the books, um, how to talk to customers, how to manage staff. And she literally taught me everything I needed to know about jewelry, um, which is where my love for jewelry um, comes in and my husband suffers for it every day. <laughs> <laughs> you mean reward you for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. And then when I graduated, she, she offered to make me a partner, but I had just gotten my degree in marketing and I thought I should probably go work for an advertising agency. <laughs> well, you know, as one does. So tell me about the story because when I was reading up on you and I was like, wait, for real, this is how <laughs> this started with her. Okay. So I like to hear the story, how you go from being an assistant secretary to being the president of this agency. And also, how does one stay at an agency like 20 years? Oh, my God. <laughs> I swear it's like a old school mentality or old school thinking, right? Like only like our parents, you know, stayed at their companies for 20 plus years. Um, I don't know, actually. I, I When I graduated college, like I said, I, I was looking for a job in advertising. Uh, I wanted to find a job close to, to home. I had lived with my um, younger siblings at the time. And, you know, someone had to be responsible and cook dinner and buy groceries. So I was looking for um, a place to apply for. And Lockhart and Wexford came up. LWD came up in my search. And it was close to home. It was about 10, 10 miles away from where I lived. And I walked into this office. And there was five people working there. And they offered me the job on the spot. And <laughs> Wow. I like, yeah, I got to think about it because I think I wanted like the bigger agency feel, but this, you know, felt good. Um, 
Right. So I literally said to myself, I was like, all right, this is a good first job. I knew I wanted to go back um, to do my MBA. So I was like, this is a good first job when you study for your, while I'm studying for my GMAT. Um, So, you know, I'll, I'll work here for a year and then I'll go back to school. And, um, and as I planned, I walked into my CEO's office one year later and I said, Hey, you know, I'm going to resign. Thank you so much for this opportunity, but I'm going to go back to school to get my MBA. And it was so funny. He looked at me and he said, um, I'm going to pay for your MBA. Now go back to your desk. And I <laughs> went back to my desk and 20 years later, I'm still sitting at my desk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, hold on. <laughs> uh, what in the world did you do in that one year where he was like, okay, you can't leave. You know, it's so funny you say that he, um, he just wrote an article, um, you know, and in the article he said, uh, you know, he was giving advice and he was like, you know, never, never think you're always right. And he says, I, I hired Asya Pine and she came into the office and she completely revamped the way that I did my accounting system. And now she's the president of the company. And I think like at that time, the agency was small and there was not a lot of people. And I just kind of got my hands into like everything, wherever he needed me or wherever anyone needed me. And, um, and I think I made myself useful <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, um, and that, I don't know, it just started. I mean, call it luck, call it hard work. I, I don't know. I'm, I was very lucky to, to end up where, you know, where I was. And, um, you know, I think since then, you know, it's a crazy journey, right? Because mm-hmm. I was a six foot person hired at the agency and I was hired as the assistant to the CEO. And, and I remember I got handed like a stack of papers on my first day and <laughs> they were like, Hey, all this data needs to be in by the end of the week. And I was like, wow, that's like the biggest challenge of my life, you know, <laughs> like, and, and it just grew with it. I worked in accounting. I worked in buying. I worked in account services. Um, one of the big benefits that I had was I sat outside his office initially and I could hear him on the phone all day and I would just listen to what he said. So when I picked up a call, I could answer questions, you know, and I knew how to speak to the clients. And I think that really um, benefited me as well. Um, and now, you know, there were 90 people. I cannot believe how far I have come, how, the, how far the agencies come. We're one of the largest privately held performance marketing agencies in the country. We work for amazing brands. Um, we help build client businesses. And, you know, over time, it's been a roller coaster. There's been plenty of highs and plenty of lows. There's been plenty of fall on our face moments where we thought we wouldn't survive when a client didn't pay us millions of dollars or when we lost a big account. But I think, honestly, those are the moments that made us stronger and smarter and really drove us to be better. You know, we learned from our mistakes and we kept pushing and kept pushing and making improvements to be the best in our business. Um, and, and all of those applications that we did in business, I really tried to apply to my own personal life and my personal growth as well. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, we need more detail. <laughs> because I think folks, um, you know, we're in this universe where, you know, the average tenure of someone that advertising agency is maybe two to three years, if I'm being generous. Uh, if it's smaller one, maybe four to five, and yet you stuck in, you hung in there for 20 years and just worked and worked and worked your way up. 
do you what do you think was the thing that kept you wanting kept you wanting to stay? Because I'm sure you had those moments where you're like, oh my god, I've been here so long, I can go do something else. Mm-hmm. But like, what kept you? This, what made you stay? And what keeps you staying? You know, I think there's a few different things. Number one, um, you know, I, it's funny you say that because about two or three years into my career, one of my old professors called me and he was like, hey, you know, I remember you from from college and I know you're doing your MBA. He was like, but I have this opportunity at this. Uh, he worked, he owned an event marketing company and he was, he had a big event going on for Jaguar. And he said, you know, I, I, I really need somebody to come in and organize the event and, and learn it from start to finish. And it was so tempting to to make the move but i was so happy where i was there was really no need for me to to make that move and uh, the a few things that that kind of went into that was you you know in advertising or at least in our business right in performance marketing we work with such a broad array of clients, right? From insurance to healthcare to retail um, to CPG, direct consumer, e-commerce brands, and it is um, you know when when you run direct response advertising or performance marketing, you see the results right there and then, and. It's fun and exciting when you launch a campaign and the results are looking great or or even when it's challenging and the results are not quite where they need to be. You want to come up with like the greatest strategies to make everything work. And that was a very exciting place to be. It was, you know, um, not not boring at all. Number one. Number two. The agency had a great team. Um, we still have a great team who was constantly pitching business and winning new business. So you were never stuck working on, you know, at, at a typical agency, a general agency in particular, you might be working on an account for, for five years and then you're just burnt out on that account. At our, you know, at our company, we we're we're working on something new every day, you know, and it's it's really fun and you know and in particular like now as an example you know at a very high level what i do is i run the day-to-day operations of the business right i manage the departments i run new business but really what i do depends on the day some days i'm pitching a 50 million dollar account some days i'm working on a multi-million dollar strategy other days i'm working with the it team to improve our proprietary system um, other days I'm planning our holiday party or picking out paint for redesigning our office. You know, you, you, at our agency, no one is stuck in one position. If you love working, you know, if you're, if you're in accounting, but you want to also work in PR, you know, and, and this is a live example. I have, um, a gentleman that works for us. He works in accounting. He loved the social media and the PR aspect, and he's helping us out on all of those fronts. So he, you're never like stuck in that position that you applied for. If you want to change departments or if you just want to get your hands involved in something else, like, you know, planning a softball party, you know, in the summer for, for the company, everyone's, everyone's open to it. Everyone, we want everyone to be happy and the talents to, to shine. And we want everyone to be involved and the culture to be so great where everyone wants to stay. And and that's why I think AI stayed at LWD for so long, but more importantly, that's why I think 50% of our agency has been there for 10 plus years. We, we just two other people who have been there for 20 years. Um, and, you know, and I think one of the other important things is we all like each other. We all respect each other. You know, we love to spend time together. 
we've seen each other through marriages, divorces, pregnancies, children going off to college. I, I think it's so important to love the people you work with um, because let's be real, right? We spend more time with them than I do with my own family. You know, we're, we're together eight to 10 hours a day. And um, so I, I think it's a combination of all of those things. I think we've built a great agency with a great culture. I think we have um, succeeded in, in winning new business and challenging the staff um, and challenging ourselves. We're constantly upgrading our systems and, and that's always a challenge in itself. Um, we're always hiring new people and finding new talent. So I think all of those things combined, it, it makes it a place that you want to work and you want to be invested and, and you love to go into work. Does that kind of make sense? <laughs> no, no, it totally does. I think, you know, it's rare to find, I you know I've always been a fan and, you know, as someone who owns a smaller agency too, it's like you sort of build this, a whole new nuclear family uh, that is separate from the one that you have at home. But it's, it's that feeling of like you have a home mm-hmm. and that matters so very much and becomes part of who you are. And so I totally get it. I mean, like, you're lighting up as you talk about it. So I can tell that like, that's yeah. why, why you I, stay. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I, I you know, I think there's, there's a, a, a really big balance between, you know, getting, you know, working, working hard and, you know, dealing with your family and dealing with all those things. And the agency's done a really good job with that culture, you know, allowing for flexibility. You know, I speak to so many of my friends who either work at other companies or other um, agencies and they're like, um, their time, whatever time it is, call it vacation time, personal time, you know, all of that time is counted against. So if you have a, a child that's sick and you need to take them to the doctor for two hours, those two hours are docked from your, from your um, time, you know, your vacation time, whatever it is, you know, our agency's always been, and again, credit to our CEO and, and all, you know, all of the people who work there, we're, we're very flexible. You have a sick child at home, you're not going to get docked for that time. You need to, you know, deal with a sick parent, you know, anything that you need to do. I, I think it's really important to also have that family first mentality of, you know, we, we know that you guys all work hard. We know that you put in your time and the times that you need us to help you out, we're here for you. And we're not going to take anything away from you for, for caring for your family, for caring for your loved ones. Um, and so I think part, part of that has a lot to do with it as well. So, so cool. And so, all right. It's been 20 years. You're now in a pandemic where everyone has to work from home. You're just outside of New York City. How have you guys been able to adapt? Um, It's funny because it was really hard for me at first. I missed going into an office. I missed seeing all my friends, you know, all everyone I work with. Um, You know, my, my, my boss, Dick, he said it best. He goes, wow, this, this, this is like, all work and no fun. You know, <laughs> he's like, now it's just work, you know? And, um, and so it was really hard. I'm not going to lie, but, um, 
we've adapted. Thankfully, everyone could work successfully from home, obviously, um, with Google Meets and Zoom and all of these things, we were able to still see each other face to face, um, do it. There's a lot of Zoom calls, um, a lot of meetings, a lot of phone calls. Um, it's definitely um, it's definitely all work and no fun now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but we're definitely you know we're getting through it and um, and so it was definitely I think it was it was a big adjustment for for a lot of different people and uh, but you know at the same time we're blessed and we're lucky to still have our jobs and um, to still be doing well. So so we have to see that side of the story as well. Well, I think that's the case. So, like, you know, you just find some ways to adapt because it's so crazy. Right. And I'm guessing you're navigating also becoming a school teacher as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. That That is actually a bigger challenge in my life than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, $50 brief, got you. Like, <laughs> wheels on the bus, what? No. <laughs> I, I say it all the time. I'm like, uh, I say to my husband all the time, oh my God, it's easier to go in and pitch a client than it is to like handle the three kids schoolwork, you know, <laughs> like, or understand common core. Cause I don't understand. You're like, That's not math. <laughs> no, I'm not math. It's 10 plus two. I don't know where you got all this other stuff from. <laughs> yeah, I don't, why did they make that so much difficult? I mean, I was um, doing a zoom with, with my uh, a friend of mine and her, and her son and he was telling me about common core. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like two plus two equals four. Why? Oh I, my god! Uh, <laughs> it makes zero zero sense. <laughs> um, but you know, I think of course, you know, having been a company for twenty years and going from six to a uh, huge, well, still, still very, still under a hundred. Yes. Like, what's been like the thing that you say? Like, you know. I never thought I would get through this crazy challenge, but then I did. Uh, in your in your twenty plus uh, years at LWD, um, you know, I think I mean in terms of like the biggest challenge I feel like I faced um, early on is definitely being um, a minority woman in a room of male CEOs. Um, I, th- I think that was definitely intimidating in the beginning, uh, really sometimes still to this day, being the only woman in the room, um, pitching and presenting to, a, you know, to a boardroom full of men. And, you know, I think in the beginning also, I always wondered if I was being taken seriously and, and you never really know. Right. And, and, and sometimes I would think it was in my head and other times I knew it wasn't, you know, I knew the guy on the other end was a jerk. Um, but then I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one day I was talking to my parents and I had never really listened to the story of how they came here from um, Pakistan. And, you know, they were telling me how they both landed here in New York with a hundred dollars in their pocket and one suitcase each. And they both struggled, you know, to get jobs in the 1970s and to, to build their lives here, but they did it and they were really successful. And, that's when I kind of realized that if both my parents could overcome these major challenges, this challenge wasn't going to hold me back. And I also, like I said, got very lucky because I worked for a CEO who never saw me as anything but his equal. He never saw the color of my skin or that was that I was a woman. He really only recognized the talents and the contributions that I brought to the table. 
And he allowed me to thrive and evolve and always push me to take the lead. Um, and, and so that's when, you know, I decided that the best thing that I could do for myself was to, you know, face the challenges ahead on, to stay true to my core values, to always be professional and really never let any of the outside factors affect me because all the people who actually mattered were my cheerleaders and my biggest support and my biggest fans. You know, that's awesome. You know, and I would agree with you that there is something about being first gen to, you know, parents of immigrants. You you look at anything that they've done and you're like, wait, why am I complaining? What? Right. <laughs> it's like, it's just like, there's no reason for you to ever bitch uh, because everything, and, and we are our parents' wildest dreams. It's like, when you think of all your success, it's like, that's why they came. Uh, because it could have been anything and coming here to give you all a better life is is the thing that every I think it's also the guilt every immigrant kid has. <laughs> <laughs> like, has. Uh, I, I I get reminded frequently about like we left. I guess I get it. Uh, like, oh, oh no, trust me, I do too. I get pushed. I mean, one of the big reasons I uh, I had to go back and do my MBA is because. My my father has two MBAs, and mm-hmm, my mother, course. Um, of course, has a master's in microbiology. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't come across like two parents who like are are literally like smarter. Like I was just like, and so for me, it was like, uh, of course, I have to go do my MBA. That wasn't even a choice. Like if I did, there would be disappointment in their eyes all the time, mm-hmm. um, and and also, you know, I I really I have to admire, you know. Um, my, my father and my mother, you know, my dad in particular, he, you know, he really worked hard to, to move up in the, in the bank that he worked for. Um, and again, he worked there for 25 years. So it's not unusual, apparently in my family to stay <laughs> jobs. Um, Consistency is key in your family. Yes. And, uh, and I, you know, he was always the guy that I looked up to my entire life. I'm daddy's little girl. I admit it. You know, my sister and I fight over who's the favorite daughter. We change it in his phone all the time. You know, favorite daughter. He's always confused <laughs> as to who's calling. Um, and, awesome. you know, he's, and, uh, and I gotta tell you so much of this was me not wanting to disappoint him, you know, and I'm going to try not to get emotional. Um, it was really just like, you know, I, I wanted to, to show him. Him, that um, all of the hard work that both my, my dad and my mom put into getting us here and to building this life here, that we weren't going to disappoint them, you know, that I was going to make it to the top. And, um, and it really motivated me. And it really, um, you know, it really, I, I was encouraged by both of them my entire life. And, um, and it pushed me and drove me harder. And so when I made, I remember when I, I got promoted to VP, I, I can't remember the age, but I, I might've been like 27, whatever. And I remember saying to, to my dad, dad, I did it before you did it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's not a competition, kid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. But yes, it is. <laughs> no, I, I listen, I, I same, um, because I know, for me, it was the same thing as like, you know, my parents have you know multiple master degrees and my dad's an electrical engineer. My mom is a uh, nurse practitioner and I've been in the advertising industry, I want to say like 14 years and they don't still exactly know what I do for a living. <laughs> they know I own right. an agency 
And they and, and then whenever I send an article of like, oh, I'm in Forbes or I'm in Adweek, and they're like, oh, that's our daughter. We're so proud. And it's like, you know, one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, mom, you still got to do it. But like, it also is like, ah, yeah, see, I did it. See, um, it, it matters because like you, I think, you know, it's a, there's, there's a very unique characteristics that you get when you're the child of immigrants. Uh, and I think we all kind of all have it like this, this drive to succeed, make our parents proud mm-hmm. and know that like, you know, part of this is we did it for them like we wanted to sh- show that like n- what your sacrifices meant so much for us and so i totally get it absolutely i agree i couldn't agree more so you know now that we're in the middle of a crazy ass pandemic looking back on all the stuff especially since you've been uh, at your agency for you know, 20 years what's one thing you probably would have tell your t- told your 25 year old self uh. Oh, there's so much I want to tell my five-year-old self. I mean, most importantly, hey, everything's going to be okay. You know, (laughs) I tell this to my 13-year-old daughter all the time. Like, I know this this sounds like you, the world is ending, but it's all going to be okay, you know? But but I would say, you know, the most important advice that I should have given to myself and and I could give to anyone else at that age is... The ability to take constructive criticism um, well and and to learn from it. And and I think that many people, including myself, tend to take constructive criticism as criticism. Um, And it's it's not that. And and I learned that the hard way too. You know, Um, I have a great story. Like I, I, of course, every year, you know, I'm working here and I'm thinking, hey, I'm doing a wonderful job. I mean, of course, I, I killed it this year. I accomplished so much, you know, and um, and I had this manager and he's going to remain nameless. But when he hears this, he'll know who he is. And <laughs> every year he would write a review that had a laundry list of things I needed to improve on. And I would be like, man, I killed it. Why is he saying all this? You know, and I'd be sad or I'd be angry or I'd be upset. I mean, I did so many emotions over the years. Um, but I would, I, I would take that list and I'd work on all the points he listed. And, and then next year I'd get a review and he'd give me a new list, a new laundry list of things to work on and improve and skills. And I, I remember thinking to myself, why does this guy hate me? You know, he pretends to like me. Why does he hate me? And it wasn't until I got promoted to VP that he sat me down and he explained to me why he gave me a laundry list every year. And, and he explained to me that it wasn't criticism. It was constructive criticism. And he said he knew that I was great, and, but by telling me all the great things I had done, it wouldn't have gotten me anywhere. He said he want, you know, he used to, he would say, you know, I I wanted to see you continue to improve. I wanted to see you be smarter, be better, learn more, work smarter. And he said, because I care about your success and I want to see you succeed. And and it was funny because he even said, he went as far as to say like, you know, I can give you a five sentence great review, but what would you have learned from that in all of those years? And, and when he sat me down and he said all of that, it really made total sense to me. And, and furthermore, when I started writing staff reviews, I, I realized too that that was the right thing to do. If you want to see people succeed, you as a manager need to guide them. 
and you as an individual, my 25 year old self, if I wanted to succeed, I needed to listen. And, and so I think so many people take that the wrong way, especially when you're starting off in business, you just think your manager hates you, <laughs> Yeah, you know, but so often if the manager's taken the time to write um, things that you should improve on, they wouldn't have bothered if they didn't have faith in you. And, and I think that's, that's something that I would, I wish. And I tell my, my team all the time, I'm hard on you today because I want you to be better, you know? And, um, and still to this day, uh, you know, this, this, this man, this is still my mentor. I still ask him for advice. I ask him about for advice for my finances, advice about my kids, um, advice about my marriage, advice about work, you know? Um, he's older. He's going to hate that. I said that he's older he's wiser, <laughs> and, um, older is wiser. <laughs> yeah. And, and I realized like, you know, I still have plenty to learn from him and, and we're not always going to agree, but, um, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I think I, you know, I trust him and I, and I, and I know that he only wants what's in the best interest for me. Awesome. You know, that's so true. I think oftentimes folks get all you know, revved up about, oh my God, they wrote this diatribe about me. It's like, listen, dude, I have things to do. The fact that I'm actually <laughs> taking the time to write this is because I think there's something awesome about you. And like, you know, similarly, I had something similar um, when I worked for an agency a couple of agencies before I, I started my own. And, you know, I thought this dude just did not like me because he just always had like all this quote unquote criticism was I thought. Um, but, you know, over the years, he's become such a wonderful mentor and one of our biggest cheerleaders because he's like, I see so much in you. And if you think this, do this, 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 the sky's the limit. And I think those are the things that I, I cherish so much um, as a result of learning from him. So I, I'm right there with you. Like those who take the time to take the time on you are the ones you have to value the most. Uh, absolutely. And I, and I think that is so important. And I think it's, you know, I, like I said, even I, you know, got caught up on that thinking, you know, this guy hates me, but, but in the end, you know, we are, he's my, one of my closest friends and, and I still trust him to this day. So, so, you know, that, that would really be what I, you know, what I would tell my 25 year old self. And, and to be honest, what I tell my daughter all the time, you know, uh, you know, she'll, for anything, she'll say, why are you criticizing me? And I'll say, no, it's constructive criticism. And she's like, there's not a difference. I'm like, one day you'll learn that. There one, is. Day you'll learn. <laughs> one day you'll learn. <laughs> um, so, you know, okay. So you're navigating, um, running an agency that is successfully navigating an insane pandemic you have three kids, you've become a math teacher. What are you doing for your self-care? <laughs> I've always been a, the queen of self-care, I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Do tell. Yes, yes. Um, so many things. I mean, uh, I think w- one of the big things for me has always been, you know, you know, take a breath take a moment. Um, you know, my husband will always laugh because he'll be like, uh, I'll just sit in the bathroom and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm totally fine. Just needed a moment, you know, <laughs> but I, I think for, for all my, you know, whenever I talk to any of my friends, I'm always like, you know, we got to all like take a 15 minute break. So I definitely think, you know, taking, taking those moments to just kind of compose yourself and get your thoughts straight. That's, that's really important. Um, you know, uh, e- even in terms of just how um, 
you know, taking care of yourself. I, I mean, it's been hard recently, and I guess we're talking about the pandemic, but I've always been really good about making sure that I take time to get my nails done or get, you know, get my, um, get a massage and, and really, you know, do all of those things. And then I think the other thing is just taking time to, to read. I, I like, I love to read all different types of things. One of the big things, uh, I've been reading lately and I always pass along to, to, to my team is, you know, I've been really obsessed lately and I I've always been obsessed with this is, um, any article that you can read or any book that you can read about um, re- being able to read the room, I, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. There's so many nonverbal cues that people give you, um, you know, with, with their expressions, with their body language. Um, and, and I think it's really important and it makes you a better presenter um, in, in a room because when you can read a nonverbal cue, you you can you you know you know when to pause, you know when to stop, you know when to pivot, and um, and one of the things that I just I find it so interesting because there's certain things that like we wouldn't ever even pick up on, but but I've learned you know I've learned over the years and I and I still continue to learn even with micro expressions which are so crazy and 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 fun to learn about. Um, you know, I was to say to myself, did, it, did the client just cross his arms and sit back in the chair? Oh, it's time to stop talking. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and so I think like, you know, just, just reading interesting articles for me has always been a good like down period. I do a lot of sitting on my deck and, and reading articles um, and, you know, and then I love to talk as you can tell in this podcast. So, uh, so, you know, just having great conversations and a great meal. These are all things that I think are important during this time and, and just reconnecting with your family. That's so important and so key right now because we're all going with our minds collectively. So it's not like you're by yourself, but still um, it, it's necessary like that. Take a breath and, reading people is uh, so important right now because like your verbal cues are basically from like you know the neck up right. uh, or whether or not they put their video on so I think it's it's so key to kind of pick up on those things and and understand and then you know, take a moment so uh, great advice there um and you know last but definitely question would you have a give or an ask of the audience Give or an ask of the audience. Uh, interesting. Um, I would, I would say, you know, everyone real, you know, uh, it's been a really difficult year, and um, it's been crazy. And you know, between people losing family members and people um, just, you know, the, the pandemic, people losing their jobs, um, a crazy election cycle. I mean. It feels like this year, every every day has been a new day, and you never know what you're going to wake up to. Um, I actually have a great story. So last night, I'm going to bed, and I um, I feel the house shaking. Sounds ridiculous. I, f- I literally feel the house shaking. And then five minutes later, I feel the house shaking again. Uh, and then I feel uh, the shaking again, and then it really shakes. And I turn to my husband, and I say, was that an earthquake? And he was like, there's no earthquakes here. And we get up and then a giant tree fell on our property, broke our entire front fence, 
and um, and landed in the street. And so it's midnight now and we have to call the police. And anyway, it was on and on. And I just looked at him and I was like, like, you know, seriously, like another thing this year, you know? So I would say, you know, my ask of the audience is uh, everyone just, just slow down, you know, um, appreciate what you have. Um, be happy that you have your health. Um, take, take your time, enjoy your family. Uh, you know, really, really spend time getting to know yourself. I think self-reflection is key. Meditate, whatever you have to do to get your mind right. Um, because it's been a long year and it's, you know, and, and it, it might be going on for a little bit longer. And so I think it's really important that we all just take a step back and appreciate what we have and really self-reflect and, and, and try to enjoy the time. You know, I, I started off, you know, being like, it's crazy. I'm homeschooling this, but I'm also really trying to enjoy this time with my kids, which I, you know, I never really had, you know, during the course of the day, really trying to enjoy, you know, seeing them every day, watching them grow, not trying to get frustrated with the, with this homeschooling and everything that's going on. And, and really, you know, making a really big effort to um, eat dinner together and to ask them their questions and, and to really enjoy them. And so whatever that is in your life, whether it's your children or your parents or your, or just yourself, you know, even myself getting to know myself better, I was always running, you know, and now I feel like I have a little bit of time to, to, to look back at, you know, what I need to do and, and what I need to get in order or how I need to get my mind right. And I think these are all really important things. So, you know, in, while this is all going on and uh, on the outside, let's all try to take time for ourselves on the inside, I guess, is my ask of the audience. That's a great one, because I think folks really do need to do that, especially you have this time now. You're never going to have it again. So you might as well do that for yourself um, to help navigate this crazy time. So super awesome um, uh, ask of the audience. So thank you so much. So uh, I see what do you, you know, what's next for you? You know, because obviously you're in this you know, wacky little time. Like, what do you think? What are you guys seeing next? Uh, another 20 years at LWD? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think so. I think, um, I couldn't imagine being, you know, anywhere else. Um, I, I really enjoy, uh, you know, I really enjoy what we do. You know, when we talk about, you know, even this, this year, what a year, right. Um, it, there's just so much uncertainty in the marketplace and I, you know, the, so much of what was going on, nobody really knew how to wrap their heads around. Some brands needed to get out of the market and um, and needed all this flexibility to to go in and out of the market, and pivot, and navigate through the changes in the marketplace. You know, I think it it was so. It, it, you know, at some point we were like, "Oh my God, what's going on?" Like in March, you know, we were like, "Oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> is this the end of us? What is going on?" You know. And I think what happened, what ended up really happening was, okay, let's, let's take a breath. Let's understand how people are consuming media and how things are changing weekly. And let's recommend to, to the clients how to shift their budgets and see success. And it was interesting because 
when March hit and everything was shutting down, you know, our team, you know, we were were all like, all right, you know what? A lot of people are going to be home now watching TV. Um, Maybe we need to, you know, and and the other thing we knew was that a lot of the retail uh, retailers were going to be pulling their dollars out of the market and they were going to leaving the stations with inventory to fill. And so it was funny because we called all of our D to C clients. I think they all thought we were crazy. And they said, you know, we were like, do you have inventory? Yes. Great. Okay. We're going to get, we're going to put your campaign on the air immediately. And, you know, we saw all this huge success for our direct to consumer clients um, because it was like a perfect storm. Media rates were down. Viewership was up. Consumers needed goods delivered directly to their homes. It was, you know, it was just the uh, the perfect storm of everything that could have happened in, in television in particular. And these are the types of things, these are the types of stories or moments that I have where when I even think about what would I do next, nothing seems as fun or exciting, um, you know, <laughs> as that. And, um, right. and again, you know, this company is my home and this, you know, these people are my family and I couldn't imagine doing it with anyone else that I've done it with. And, uh, and I, I really couldn't imagine being anywhere else. So I would say, yeah, probably, you know, I don't know, I'm a little bit old. So like, I don't know about 20 years, but maybe another 15, I still got in me. You still got it. Um, you know, and, and really trying to take the next 15 years or whatever it is, 10, 15, God willing, we're all around. Um, you know, it's, really taking this time to, to, to build that, that next generation of leaders and, um, and the next generation that's going to take over this company. For me, the legacy of the company is so important and the ability to train the, the staff and to, and to get them to a place where they are the ones who are leading the company, that, that, that's my ideal focus, you know, to, to when, when it's time for me to retire, or when, it, when I'm too old to do this, you know, um, for me to say, like, I did a great job, you know, and I, and I brought all these people and give, and, and give them the opportunity to leave and, and more importantly, leave the legacy of, of the, of the business behind, because that, that's what's important, right? That's so awesome. And it's just a wonderful way to end the interview because like, that's the key here. It's like leaving an awesome legacy behind and lifting people as you climb is just wonderful. So fantastic. Um, so, you know, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. You, I will put all your information in the show notes for folks to find all about you um, because you're just a delight and wonderful. I could keep on chatting with you for the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> me too. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you inviting me to the show. It was really fun. And awesome. uh, hope we get to meet for uh, for a drink soon somewhere. <laughs> yes. Like somewhere between Manhattan and Westchester. There, yes. are, pl- yes. there are plenty of places. Yes. Uh, we will find it. Uh, but thank you. Thanks again so much. Uh, you were such a delight. And that is our show.